0: Before we jump into this episode today Just a warning, we do talk about a few gruesome, um, gross little things, bits and bobs So if you are a little bit more squeamish and a little bit less, uh, gore-inclined Then, uh, listener discretion is advised Anyway, enjoy
1: The rat. The rat.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Curiosity Killed the Rat. My name is Matt, I am a science enthusiast. Before I introduce my co-host and guest for today, I would just like to acknowledge that I am speaking from lands traditionally owned by the Noongar people. And that brings me over to... Fuck! I didn't think of.
2: Um, <laughs> oh, it catches is, me out every this time. This is an on um, for for new listeners to the show. This is an ongoing meme that every time yeah. Matt starts the show, he knows that it will be his job to introduce me, and yet every time he does not know how. It's because um, I am unintroducible. I am inimitable. Hey, I am.
0: Uh, I also.
2: There uh, got no other adjectives, but I'm going to steal this here. P- I well. Uh,
0: you're Some here. That's how me you're getting introduced today. Somewhere,
2: yes. Um, but yeah, for those of you who haven't listened to the show before, I am Kate. I'm the regular scientist on this show. I'm a neuroscientist. Um, and often I will take the helm. But uh, not today. We, once again, have a very exciting guest on who I'll jump to in a second. But before I do, I would like to acknowledge that both me and our guest are recording from lands traditionally owned by the Wurundjeri people. So with that, Aaron, hey, how's it going? Welcome to the show. Hi.
3: Hi. Good to good to be here. I'm, I'm very, very glad that this is uh, finally happening.
2: Yeah, yeah. We've been- We've been we've talking
3: been, about it for a while now.
2: We yeah. have, but this is- It's Tale fallen is all perfectly. Time. The fates have aligned because it's Halloween. Well, this episode is and, being released on yeah. Halloween, which, you know- uh, I think is just perfect as I'm sure yeah we'll say, absolutely
3: but, you know. I uh I am I, I live in the spooky zone and uh yeah <laughs> I I couldn't be happier that I get to do it on Halloween
2: yeah all right well like Chuck it out there. Give us your credentials. Why are you here? Why have we? Why have we got you on the show? Who? Who the heck are you? It's such a big, heavy question. Who, does anyone know who they are? I don't. Right, but like, so, uh, as far hi, as we were aware, am a, you know.
3: <laughs> I am. I am Aaron Oliver. I am a laboratory technician. I work in a uh, micro. I work in the microbiology department of a pathology lab. Um. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, we we uh, take samples from. Uh, sick people all across the city from like hospitals and, 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 and clinics and stuff like that. And then we do science at them in order to, (laughs) uh, figure out what is going on with them,
0: figure out why they're
2: sick
3: and how we can help them.
2: Do science at them. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. That's really. Lab tech.
0: I'm picturing the quintessential News coverage you see of scientists, of person in lab coat, goggles, face masks. You have one of pipette? those squirty tubes. And what are those oh, the, <laughs> I, look, listen, I be pipette and shit. Uh,
3: there is, there is a, there is a, there is a significant amount of pipettes, both macro and micro that, are, are mm-hmm. taking various fluids and putting them into smaller (laughs) and progressively smaller cups. That's like 80% of my
0: job.
2: Reminded me (laughs) that I came up with the idea that I need to now follow through on, which was to write a parody of uh, Ice Ice Baby, uh, but about pipettes, um that was like stop calibrate and listen. Eppendorf's back with nice. A that is, and it was just I tight. had this whole which like there is a very very small number of people listening to this podcast who are going to think that that's fucking hilarious, and then there's yeah. going to be the rest no, of y'all who are see, like, you're you're you're, you're, you're what talking you me on?
3: like ten uh, <laughs> like ten years ago. I was writing this song, and it was just called <laughs> Scientist Love, and it was just uh-huh. like this crooning like soul song that I was just like. <laughs> And it was just like nothing but like two scientists like setting up a sexy oh scene for themselves. And they got the Bunsen burners <laughs> on, like the oh candles and shit. Oh, and oh my god. And I was god. just like, yeah. Chef's was, Kiss.
2: That's incredible. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I'm beautiful. I'm going to I expect link to that both song. of these to be
0: released by <laughs> the end of the year. Hopefully, yeah.
2: Patron special, maybe. Uh, cough, cough. We have a Patreon. Uh, We
0: should do a parody science album. Parody science (gasps) album. I collaborate with a bunch of different commons <sighs> I know so many people, people that like would want to be
2: on board with that as well. I'm this is a like, thing that we could actually Yeah,
3: I can of. absolutely do that. I am I, I do music <gasps> and I do science. Mm-hmm. I can and yeah. I'm funny. I know so, so many uh, people that do music I can and do and all science of these things, I'm now realizing
2: yeah. as I'm combing through my brain. I think that's just like my type of person. Like <laughs> we're musicians and scientists that do both. We all just find each other. I don't Interesting. know. Interesting. Um, we should um huh. we should
0: definitely put a pin in that yeah. and, and continue back around Mm-hmm. To it and uh, Anyway,
2: yeah, just, yeah, you know, potentially listeners let that bubble in your brain get the anticip- mm. uh, patient building and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll maybe come back to that later. But no, let's talk about, actually, you tell us, uh, Aaron, actually, because I don't know exactly where you want to go with this episode beyond that it's going to be like, <laughs> we're going to hear about some cool spooky. spooky shit that you see in your um, work and I'm very... Nervous, but excited. Uh. <laughs> uh, there's
3: nothing to be nervous about. Like, eh, like, don't get me wrong. Like, most of my work is uh, just a variety of, of human soup. Uh, so it is inherently <laughs> gross and human inherently soup. spooky, which makes it perfect for Halloween. Mm. Um
0: that's that When you say human soup, do you mean soup produced by humans as in bodily fluids oh, or human soup absolutely. as in soup made from humans? I mean <laughs> bubble both. bubble toilet trouble. I,
3: I mean both. both in in the sense that okay. like so, uh,
2: it's got chunks of in, body parts in a broth of sweat is that oh, where we are? Oh god, at, you, I'm
0: imagining you have no a, idea. Uh, Oh cannibalistic minestrone of sorts. Yeah, you could
3: I could describe it as I mean, look, we're not eating it Please. at any point, so I I feel okay. like I can't exactly. actually Good. describe Good it as cannibalism, but uh I tell you what, I have I did have a realization that uh speaking of cannibals, that <gasps> I probably have chopped up more human tissue than about 99% of humanity. Like don't get me wrong, like <sighs> like cannibals beating me Uh doctors Uh or surgeons are beating me like Mm. most like you know people fighting with swords and stuff are beating me Mm. but then like everyone else the rest of humanity oh my god i have i have i have chopped Mm. up some some
0: some human toes with the best of them (laughs) chopped up human toes all right Uh, i'm gonna gonna just sit with that for a (laughs) minute
2: I feel like that's a similar energy. I want to know the... what
0: series of events leads a lab tech to chopping up human toes. Because I get science requires mm-hmm. some level of dissection of anatomy, but what I, I I'm not I'm not saying it. I'm not, c- I can't think of why. I think that why um, are we chopping up oh, toes? Oh, I can
3: tell you exactly why. So um, <laughs> uh, let so like, like I Let's said, uh, so so much of my job is like, you know, receiving, receiving things from hospitals and stuff like that. When we're, when we're receiving toes in particular, they are usually, well, I'm going to say usually, uh, in my experience, 100% of the time, are uh, uh, toes that have become necrotic due to our uh, diabetes. So, uh, if a diabetic patient has to have uh, a part of like a part of their foot or one of their extremities amputated, uh, it's usually because mm. like the the circulation or something like that has reduced and uh they they're, they're developing ulcerations uh it's usually uh, uh uh i'm i'm so bad at pronouncing uh bacteria uh like <laughs> nomenclature just because i uh, i can't re- like can't speak Who very is well good but like at it's usually like uh <laughs> yeah we're usually like searching for like mycobacter ulcerans or something like that something that is causing this uh like deterioration. So, yeah, they'll yeah. they'll amputate like a toe and they'll send it to us um and we just need to check usually that the site of the amputation does not have any like that we can't find more uh of the MLs bacteria right because they want to see so. that they want to see that the point that they've cut is like it's done like there, there's, yeah, right. there's nothing left in it. Yeah. There.
2: Like so it's le- it's less of an identification of like which Particular bacteria has caused this issue. Like it's less of a diagnosis and more just of a, like, let's just make sure we've cleared the danger zone. Yeah.
3: So in that case, it's, it's, we're not looking for a diagnosis or not where it's not. Yeah. It's not so much trying to figure out what's there in, in something like, uh, uh, like some of these, these hospital, uh, tissues that we get, this is supposed to be a sterile site. So unlike your Mm. skin. Or say like, uh, I don't know, some, some other examples, like where there is like naturally bacteria present, um, that's not really Mm -hmm. doing anything. It's just living its life. It's just hanging out, um, Uh, A sterile site, like deep tissue, shouldn't have any Mm. bacteria in there. So, like, Mm -hmm. when we're doing hospital samples in particular, we're usually looking for, yeah, like I said, with the the amputated toes, it's going to be, like, mycobacter uh, ulcerans. We're also looking for basically, like, any staph, any streps. Like, those are the common ones. That's, like, staph and strep are, like, staph strep and E. coli are, like, the bread and butter of my lab. Mm -hmm. They're, like, (laughs) those are the big three that we're looking for at any given time there's there's plenty more but like that's that's like that's the bro like the the bulk of what we're looking for bacteria yeah. that is They're where the it should super not be
2: trio that are like the you know primary cast of this film um,
3: yeah exactly like we're a we're a um a physical containment level two lab so uh much like what you were saying earlier um matt um we we Mm. Do have like our you know we've got uh, lab gowns we wear our glasses we have uh, gloves we were wearing masks for a long time there but that was actually because of our covid measurements mm. not so
0: yeah. much what we were being exposed to in the lab um, quite I ob- thought that was going to be a whole case of lab texted it before it was vogue I
2: mean yeah. some there are there are different levels of like you know um,
0: yeah. um lab
2: we uh, requirements
3: yeah we um. I, I can actually give you a bit of like a, a rundown of like my lab in general, if that would be something that would interest you.
0: Mm-hmm. So um, you Give us a house tour. Yeah, give us give you a house tour. So like, like I
3: said, we are a fairly large like uh, pathology lab, which means that like our whole job is to identify, um, you know, uh, pathogens. Um, and it's got a lot of different departments. You know, there's like, like immunology, hematology, uh chemistry, like so many more that I'm I'm missing out on. Uh cytology, uh there's there's uh other departments that I'm gonna forget and they're gonna be mad at me that I've done it. They're gonna listen but, uh, to this
2: podcast later. They're gonna come like knock on your door and be yeah, like so, They'll be um, like,
3: I can't believe that you forgot about histology. <laughs> shout out. You dogged us, you you dogged histology today. Um no uh But so my department is microbiology. Um, We do investigation of uh, microbiopathogens. Um, We also have a, uh, like within our department, we also have a mycology, like a dedicated mycology lab, which does all all kinds of like pathological fungi. Uh, We Mm. receive a lot of, uh, we have a dedicated Mm. tuberculosis lab that I, for the most part, am not allowed in. Uh, I do, Mm -hmm. I, 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 um, like I, I don't work with with tb that's for the scientists who are there um which you know, fair enough i i don't want it um i'll wait until i'll wait until i got a few more years experience before i start kicking around in the tb lab i'm comfortable with that yeah fair yeah um <laughs>
2: just sometimes some of the stuff I'll that you hear about i'll be happy if i live my days
0: without the tb lab that's, that's, that's
2: yeah. cool yeah cool that. i feel like yeah a lot of the like you know infectious diseases labs or even just like anything chemistry you just, like, you hear about some of the stuff that, like, scientists are just, like, doing in their day-to-day life or being exposed to in their day-to-day life, and I'm just like, this is not good. This is not yeah. well, good that, that's... for one's health. I worry about that in my, like, whenever I mix up PFA, like, the stuff that we use to, like, fix tissue, like. Oh, yeah, like, fix it. it yeah, no, that uh, stuff's bad uh, for you, dog. And I'm like, I wonder how much of that I inherently have <laughs> inhaled throughout Listen, just, like, I- the last, you know.
3: I, I was like a, I was an apprentice electrician a lifetime ago and uh, mm-hmm. the amount of like silica that I have like breathed in over my life or like asbestos, Jesus, mm. I, <laughs> I don't even think about uh, we've
0: it. We've all had our fair share of asbestos lungs. Yeah. So yeah, um, okay. cut down an old fancy work. <laughs> well, in all right. It's not just scientists and...
2: then that are hardcore, but like, oh, yeah, God, but, shout um, out our last episode. You want to hear about a hardcore scientist? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> yeah, sorry, keep but, going. Uh,
3: Oh yeah, that's all right. Um, look, there are like there is an inherent danger to mm. like or no, I don't want to say danger. There is an inherent risk to what we do, mm. but that's yeah. why we you know have uh, SOPs. So that's uh, standard operating procedures. It's why we have PPE. Mm. Uh, some of the stuff that we work in um, is like we'll, we'll have like laminar flow hoods or just like like hoods that will like create mm. a contained atmosphere that will, like, prevent, like, either contamination of the sample that we are working on or prevent, you know, contamination of ourselves. Like, so much of what we we learn, like, even from, like, when I I first got my foot in the door of just getting any kind of education towards this before I Mm. started working in the lab is aseptic technique. It gets hammered into you so hard from, like,
1: Mm, mm, day mm -hmm. dot.
3: So like yeah, there there is risk, but it's a, a risk that is well thought out and well mitigated. So like I'm like at no point when I'm working in the lab am I ever worried. Oh god, I'm gonna get infected with shigella and 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 you know poop myself to death. Um, it, is that a real thing? Sh- sh- yeah. Shigella. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a type of uh, yeah. it's a type of bacteria. <laughs> it's um. It's one of the common ones that we're looking for when we're uh, uh, doing uh, like uh, when we're working with our feces. So, uh, like Mm -hmm. I was saying earlier in the episode, I I could have laid it out better. All of the samples that we receive, like, I usually will talk about it just as samples because it, it helps <laughs> keep it a bit more, like, clinical and, like, I'm not phased by mm. these things even remotely, but so many people are, like, talking to my dad. I can't even, like, he, he's very <laughs> proud of what I do and he's, like, very happy that I do it, but I can't tell him any details because, mm. t- to be honest, all I work with is piss and shit and sputum and mm. amputated bits of person and, and like, yeah, it's, it's like. It Just all of the, s- yeah. the bits swabs, that humans don't want on have, in their yeah, bodies. Swabs that have been in and around every single orifice that a human possesses. Therefore, mm. Mm. like, it's, we're, we're dealing, when I said we're dealing with a, with a human soup, it's uh, both figurative <laughs> and literal.
1: Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, so, okay. a-
3: anything anything that could have bacteria in it, anything that can be used as an indicator for what is going on inside the human body, we're, mm. like, we're testing it. We're doing science on it. Mm. Um, because there's a lot, like, people don't like to think about it because it's gross. Um, which, fair enough. And, like, there's a reason that we have that inherent, like, disgust.
0: Because... Yeah, you know, it would be to protect us evolutionarily, exactly, right? Like, that, you if you go to the poop corner and smear that on your face, you're going to get six. So oh yeah. You're going like, to no, get some, you're going to get some gross to dive in the poop corner. You're going to get some Guardia and you don't want that.
3: Uh, I have a, <laughs> I have a, a chalkboard in my kitchen that just says, don't get Guardia on it. Uh, I think it's just a, I think it's a life lesson that everyone should, should take home. Don't get Guardia.
0: Well, fuck there goes my Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> what is Guardia?
3: Uh, Guardia is a, uh, 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 uh A protist uh so it's a um it's a type of parasite it it can be found in like uh sort of like stagnant water or Mm, uh can be mm. easily transmitted through like a fecal oral route uh and yeah if you get it uh you're gonna have a rough time uh you will
0: okay yeah you you it's bad you will you will yeah okay yeah shit piss and come yourself to death just not a good time sorry can you say that again Shit, piss, and cum yourself to death.
3: Yeah. Well, listen, we we we
0: we we do.
3: Uh, we 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 do also. <laughs> it was just so uh, funny
0: of all of the things to ask me to repeat. It was it was just a wild statement. <laughs> yeah. So I doubled down. <laughs> no, no, that's all right. I
3: respect that because uh, like no, uh, we we also deal with cum um, both uh, on a uh, like doing like a general like m- like micro and culture on it. Uh, because yeah. like we, we have like a, a, bench that is dedicated to like genital, um, like pathogens, mm-hmm. uh,
0: mm-hmm.
3: which felt a little gross when I first started, but now I'm just yeah. used to it. I don't care. In fact, the only thing that I ever really got phased by in, in my lab was sputum. I don't know what it be like, I can work with piss all day. I can work with shit all day and I'm unfazed. Uh, bits mm-hmm, of human being that, like you know, whether it's like you know, amputated body parts or or uh, biopsies or some really gross stuff that we'll get from time to time, will be like um, pleural fluid. Uh, mm. So, like, if someone's had like, which will like, if someone's had surgery uh, and it might that might fill up like, there's like a like a a fluid that will like fill up that cavity or something like that, uh, which mm. can easily get infected. So they might send. Like they might send like a drainage of that, or just like general drainage fluids. Yum. And like depending Ugh. on general how drainage sick they are, um, yeah. it might be heavily infectious. So yeah. Well, I guess purulent. that's the other thing.
2: Like it's these things that are like first of all just like kind of gross to most people's instincts mm. anyway, and then it's like, but this is also the gross fluid of not a healthy person, but an unwell person. The gross fluid of the so gross person. fluid plus extra bad stuff
3: yeah so something that i i like to try and reinforce in my lab uh at least with like you know the uh the the assistants that i help train um Mm. is that like there can be multiple dialectic truths at once when it comes to our work one Mm. every single sample that we have is a sick person that requires our help and we're going to do our best to give them accurate and precise results because that's ultimately Mm -hmm. what our lab produces our like if you think about it from like a a perspective of like a a business which i i never really like but like from like what what do we produce it's it's results we produce accurate and precise results uh and we're going to supply that to to patients and doctors in order to help treat someone or to help facilitate their treatment at Mm -hmm. the same time We deal with a lot of funny, gross shit and it's (laughs) worth, and it's okay to, to let your curiosity lead in, in, in that manner to, Mm. to be like, this is interesting, or this is funny, or this is gross. And, Mm. uh, like to, to actually like, I guess yeah enjoy that curiosity or that fascination yeah makes any sense
2: i feel like i i can relate to that in that like not that i i don't do any stuff with human tissue um but i do a lot of you know animal stuff with rats Mm. as anyone who's listened to the podcast before would know um you know curiosity killed the rat the title of the podcast yeah look
3: science be killing a lot of rats
2: oh just unfortunately Uh so many rats um in the name of science and it makes me very sad uh every time i think about it but like it's one of those things that, you know, every time I'm doing a perfusion, for example, like, you know, (laughs) I was going to say tune out anyone that doesn't want to hear gross shit, but like if you don't want to hear gross shit. I mean, they they kind of fucked up if they are,
0: if they've, if they've gotten 20 (laughs) minutes in (laughs) there, at this point we've awoken something in them.
2: Well, so like a perfusion essentially is, I, I'm interested in the brain and we ultimately do it so that I can fix the tissue in the brain and I can take it out and, and cut it up and look at it. But in order to fix the brain, the best way to do that is to like fix the whole body and to make use of the fact that the rat already has like a wonderful, wonderful inbuilt circulatory system and a pump, aka the heart, that is going to be able to pump this fixative into every tissue in the body because capillaries and blood vessels and, you know, the body's already set up for that. And so we've got to like, you know, cut open the chest and like the rat is dead. We've injected it with essentially the same stuff they use for the lethal injection, Lethabarb, um, pentobarbitane. And so it's dead, but you want to get it just before the heart stops beating because you want the heart to be beating enough that it can like, you, so you, you can put take a needle advantage in it, drain the blood and system. then, yeah, take advantage of that built-in pump system to pump the fixative throughout the whole body. And like, it gets to the brain, but it does everything. But then like, if you can imagine pumping a fixative through muscle tissue, the muscles start to do this weird zombie kind of thing. And so you've got this open chested rat with a half beating heart, okay. moving zombie. And it's like okay. moments like that. When I remember in like the first year of my master's, when I first did a perfusion, I was horrified. I was like, I am never going to be able to do one of these ever. What oh, the man. fuck is this? This is not okay, guys. Imagine- what the fuck? And now I'm like, no, this is really cool. Cause if you think about it, it's, yeah. it's the, the way that you can pump something into the heart and it reaches all of the tissue issues like everything that's so cool you've just got to lean into how cool that is
3: yeah no I (laughs) I think that uh anyone who has that sort of inbuilt fascination or curiosity Mm, that can sort mm. of like override that innate disgust (laughs) reaction which is built in which is a natural part of um, that does remind me if you know I'm going to go on a little tangent here uh back when I first started studying to do what I do so I, I I only have a diploma like I don't want mm. to diminish, but what what I mean is like when I have gotten into the position that I'm in, and we can talk more about this later on. Um, we tend to to imagine science as something that is so heavily Only done by people with PhDs, inaccessible. Mm. But all I did was a cert for, and then a diploma, and then that made mm. me be able to have an entry into some su- in, into a into a scientific mm, field. When I was doing my yeah, when I was doing my certificate four, I had to study anatomy and physiology. Mm. We are uh, oh god, even thinking about it now, like like I said, I'm not phased by these things, but this was rough. So um, mm. we had to do some um uh, uh dissections, and I, I come into the class, and what we're being provided with is a bull penis mm-hmm, and a, mm-hmm. a a set of uh of bull testicles,
1: mm. having to
3: mm-hmm. having to dissect. <laughs> uh, a, 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 a bull's penis and cut it in half And then look at oh. it and being like This is just like meat And I am mm-hmm. also made out of meat mm-hmm. Can yeah. be very confronting And I remember some yeah. people in the classroom Did not handle it well But I, I remember when I was there I had to be like Alright, I'm gonna let my like One this is a choice that I made to be here and do this Two, Mm, I'm mm. going to go, I'm going to, (laughs) and I'm actively paying money
2: to be here
3: (laughs) like, like front. And, and also like, I think it's part of why like a lot of people like, for instance, in my lab, but also in, in, in other areas where you might be doing something kind of like confronting, like it's it's like when you get like that sort of gallows humor, you know. It's I think it's why like nurses have such a fucked sense of humor is because you deal with something very mm-hmm. confronting on a day to oh, day basis. You have to. Um, it's like laugh so, or you'll like, cry
2: kind of vibes, right?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But I do remember this this one moment where my teacher, who was this a uh, wonderful, uh, just uh, yeah, uh, she's just oh, she was fantastic. Um, she she cut into this into this 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 bull testicle and it hit a cyst that was in oh, there. No. Oh gosh. And when the cyst has burst, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. much like sebaceous oh, pus gosh. has come mm-hmm. out of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, just like aggressively, and the oh. smell was <sighs> overwhelming. It was and it's gonna oh, be with me heck. for the rest of my life.
1: Oh heck.
3: Like it is burnt into my
0: retinas and my senses oh. forever. Like I feel s- like I need to include a warning at the start of this episode, don't listen <laughs> while you're eating. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Is, like <laughs> when, when you guys
3: brought me on stomach. When you guys brought me on for the uh for the idea that I was gonna talk mm. about gross shit in the lab, I mean it's it's gross. Like oh, we yeah. deal with gross oh. shit. I speak mm. to people from other departments. I got a friend in chemistry. Yo, uh, Clara, what's up? Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I was telling them, shout out Clara, shout out Clara. Um, I was talking to them. We do, um, a variety of tests at my work for, um, uh, uh, actually funnily enough, what you talked about in your previous episode, uh, H,
2: uh, f- H. Pylori.
3: Pylori. Yeah, Thank you. I, to I struggled to pronounce it so badly. Um, mm. and, uh, in my department, we do H. Pylori testing through our feces. There's a, uh, mm, an not antigen. Not through the, the
2: breath test, uh. Because I think, Sorry. yeah, in the last episode, we talked about the, the breath test method of yeah. testing. Yeah. So head we we do it um, through
0: feces. Um, there's mm. a, an antigen that you can test It would for. just not be on brand enough if you did it through breath. Breath, yeah. breath. breath isn't It gross would not enough. be gross um. enough.
3: But then I was talking to uh, someone from chemistry, and they do mm-hmm. just the breath tests.
1: Mm.
0: And they're like, God,
3: <laughs> I'm so glad that we can just do it through breath. And I'm like, God, I wish they would do it more through breath. Because, like, it's a good test. The breath yeah. test should have it's gone good. into chemistry, not biology. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, <laughs> hey, you know what? It's there. Like, people ev- – everyone poops. So you may yeah. as well use it yeah. to – uh yeah, as, as right, a diagnostic make, as tool. As a
2: diagnostic tool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah.
0: What otherwise would literally be waste. Yeah.
3: Um, so, like, yeah, <laughs> look, it, it
0: is what it is. Eco-like. It's, it's gross.
2: Waste. It's,
3: it's, it's gross as shit. But it's, it's funny. It's also, like, you know when you're – uh you know you're in the right place. Like mm. when I'll be like talking to someone, one of my co-workers, maybe one of my one of the scientists, and you know I will be in my in this cabinet, this laminar flow hood, and I will be like processing a hundred feces, like a hundred cups of feces. Yum. Uh, and you have oh. to get in there with like a couple of oh. sticks, mix the whole thing up because like you're trying to get What's like- the smell like? Oh, you, no. So there is no smell when we're dealing with this because plugs? we're dealing with this, this laminar flow hood. Uh, it has an uh, internalized uh, atmosphere that prevents you from being able to smell anything right. on top of also preventing contamination both from within and without. So, yeah, there's the- So, I'm just
0: imagining a science level range hood, like what's over your cooking Yeah, stove, no, it's almost exactly like that. Pretty it is much, a science yeah. range hood. Um, yeah. Okay. yeah.
3: Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, the the lab do have some smells from time to time. They, they do escape, <laughs> they, they do get you. But um, for the most part, no, there are impl- there are things in place to prevent it. But like, I'll be in there, like, I'm having to mix up the poo like it's uh, like it's pancake batter. And then like, mm-hmm. you have to what look a, in there to image. do a macroscopic, uh, do a macroscopic check for mucus, for blood, for, mm. uh, uh, any, any overt signs oh. of, of parasites. So like worms, uh, mm. we, we have to look for, um, I never find, I never and find. And you just
2: like eyeball worm. that? Like, that's just, you're just like looking Sorry. like with your eyeballs just through this, this yeah. pancake batter. Yum. Yeah, no.
3: In in this case, this macroscopic analysis is literally just me mixing up poo yeah. with a stick and then looking
0: at oh it. Oh my god! Um, what a, what oh. a job. When you when you were saying macroscopic, I was imagining like those viral videos you see of people with those macro lenses getting in really really close. Oh, to we we tiny have tiny we objects, have one of those you see in the lab super, super um, that we do, detailed four
3: K. Yeah, that we do use from time to time. Um, Like I said, I never find I never find worms. I'm always so disappointed. (laughs) Anytime I think I've found a worm, and it turns out it's an undigested bit of food. Like a hair
2: or something. I'm just like ah,
3: it's just more food fiber. Other people find worms, and you you get to see them, and like you look under the microscope, uh, and you can just see them like just blocked with eggs. Like
1: uh, your average like
3: like. Your average like Yikes. worm parasite yeah. is like eighty percent eggs. Like it's yeah. just it's got a little mouth for like consumption, and then the rest of its body is just dedicated to self replication. Mm. Uh, and it's funny because so not I, I was gonna say not parasites to get gross, but the, the way a <laughs> lot of these parasitic worms work is that they crawl out of your butt during the night. and uh, mm-hmm. – in order to get scratched uh so you get the the little eggs oh, under your nails because they're actually uh, kind of sticky and then yep. when yep. you uh, you will then, then they like, the touching of anything yep. you will spread it <sighs> uh
0: and that's that's just
2: crafty little bastards oh my god
0: yeah that's... I used to get worms as a as a kid because I used to suck my thumb mm. and bite my nails. Yeah, mu- that's that's much, how they want much to get too it. old in life. Mm. And then I would just yep. I would constantly I would constantly get them. I had to get a special chocolate.
2: Yeah, well I remember because the whole family, it would, family it would, would have to my have cousins it every used time to have to get and that, and it was like they were little chocolate yeah. things.
3: And I'm like, and I, I I remember being a kid and I was just like I, I've
0: never had worms. What are you guys doing? That 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 there's there's nothing exciting yeah. to write home about. Nah. You just get an itchy yeah. asshole. Like, uh, but uh, <laughs> what, yeah, what I was
3: saying before, like I can be working in this cabinet and just mixing up just hundreds of pots of human shit, and then look at my look at my coworker and be like, oh man, is it break time? I could eat, man. Like and you just <gasps> oh, and then yes. you just like. No. Yeah, and it's like the the disconnect is so real. I'm unfazed. And it's actually excellent because I, I always say this at work. I'm like, man, this is just job security for the rest of my life. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, because it's always
2: going to be, yeah. Because so many people are so inherently
3: disgusted by what we do that yeah. like, man, I'm set. I, I got, uh, As <laughs> as long as, as long as people keep getting sick. And, Which... and need someone to investigate their pee and their poo. Man, I'm yeah. started.
2: No, you're... you're, you're yeah. Live in the dream. I was going to yeah, say, though, the, the hunger thing reminded me of, like, a thing that, like, doing undergrad, like, anatomy subjects and working with cadavers, this is, like, the only mm. time that I have worked with human tissue uh, in my life is a couple of, like, undergrad anatomy subjects that I did. And, of course, they're, you know, body parts, but they're all, like, fixed with normally formaldehyde, right? And I just remember that, like, we did a few anatomy pracs and, like, every time you'd walk out of the anatomy prac you'd just be, like, really fucking hungry and you're, like, yeah, this right? is so cooked. What is wrong? And then they told us, like, the demonstrators one week were, like, hey, just so you know, like, formaldehyde, like, the smell of it, because you're spending hours and hours exposed to the smell of it, it actually – triggers like essentially the hunger part of your brain like it was actually used as a medication to treat anorexia back in the day right because it triggers this hunger sensation (laughs) so you can spend all your time around these fucking fixed dead body parts and walk out of like this three-hour anatomy prac being like i could smash a burrito right now hey and then you could just be like i'm the most (laughs) fucked up cunt what the hell like i just remember that feeling being so emotionally conflicted about it initially and then learning about that and being like that's that's cool but how cooked is that like like you
0: could have told us that on orientation day yeah you yeah, know they, just, they I, did talk halfway through the much. semester
3: i was just um. like i think like even from like the first moment of like being in my my certificate four and, and getting exposed to to just like meet effectively
1: mm. uh
3: mm. like what we are and then yes. and then like continually through continuing through to the work that i do now it was just like a, oh wow this is a lot but I'm actually good with it. So, yeah, cool. No worries. You like, desensitize I'm, I'm, quicker than Like I you said, it's expect, the only- Or
2: maybe not everyone does, but yeah.
3: There are only a few things that really bother me. Like I said, it's it's sputum. And I think it's just because what I feel it. What
2: is it about it. sputum? Yeah, I was going to say- I like, can what? feel it
3: right here. And I just mm-hmm. look at it.
0: And I see it just sort of go. Listeners, they are they are pointing at their
3: throat. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I uh, I keep forgetting. (laughs) We have we have a video just to communicate. audio medium. Yeah,
2: I do it all the time. (laughs) I'm doing all these hand gestures Mm. and just like gesticulating. So for people who can't, so I can feel it just like right
3: at the bottom of my throat, and it makes me feel so nauseous. Like when Mm. I first started, and I'd have to like sit down and do like you know fifteen like sputums where you also have to get in there with a swab and really mix it up because you're trying mm. to collect like yeah if there, if there's a lot of saliva in there saliva will mm. kind of fuck it up um and it's got a lot of the problem with like a lot of respiratory uh stuff is that there's so much natural uh flora in there like humans mm. are full of bacteria our mouths oh, yeah. our yeah guts yeah. everything and like most of it i think people get this idea that like bacteria is inherently out to hurt you most of mm. it is is just completely benign it's just doing its own thing it's just vibing out or it's helping mm. us like we have mm. such a yeah. symbiotic find that's Interesting
0: relation- that um the bacteria you described as flora do you mean that in the same sense that we would describe wilderness with flora and fauna yeah As like, uh, bacteria like the plant life of our own internal uh, ecosystem? effectively
3: i like this is like a personal hang-up for me i think that they should be described as fauna because they are uh, okay. living but it's not yeah. how we describe it it's, so it would be described as like you know uh you know like you mm-hmm. know your own like you know your oral flora like your natural biome like a you it's it's know, one of those
2: like what, false binaries again where you're like flora yeah. and fauna and you're like oh but by the way there are more than just plants and animals right like yeah, exactly. have things yeah. that yeah. don't oh, fall into yeah. those two categories uh, but uh yeah, you know like sure, so go much off.
3: yeah our, uh. <laughs> our 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 capacity to describe is inherently limited by language yeah. um yeah. and i think that people can easily get this idea that like science is um just a like a uh, like this this monolith of describing what is, and if mm. science says it, then that's what it is. That's yeah, not yeah. the case science is at just all. Facts. Sci- no. Your average science scientist or people like involved in science know that we know jack shit about so much, oh. and that <laughs> yeah. like it's it's an it's a the tool. more you know, it's, the more it you, is know, a, you it don't is, know. It is a lens through which we try to investigate
1: mm-hmm.
3: our reality and. Yes. To try and contextualize it. But just because we say yeah. this is this thing, those mm. walls that divide it don't actually exist. We're using it as a framework to better mm. uh, inform or to better communicate. And but, like, uh, anyways, all sorry. you've got to do yeah, is look go. back
2: through like his- the history of any field of science is like our understanding of things. Just it evolves constantly. Yeah, exactly. What we thought, yeah. you know, a couple hundred years ago, we can look back Ooh. now and be like, that was so wrong but that was still like the science of the time and we still built upon that to get to where we are today yeah it's, it's so, like it's, it wasn't it's just a, wrong wrong like, but you, it was just you, you know you, where we you started you often hear the term
3: like when when you hear like you know people are talking about like big names like einstein or like uh who's another good example Newton. um like Planck or anything like that <laughs> the idea of like you know ideas being built on the shoulders of giants but it's actually yeah, yeah. further than that. It's not even – because we, we see these people as, like, these are the big names. But the thing is, everything that they developed was built off of a foundation of ideas mm. being generated by so many people over mm. such a long period of time. It's not so much built mm-hmm. off the shoulders of giants as it is just built off of the shoulders of a community um, of people mm. pursuing yes. knowledge. Um I know that I've gone on a massive philosophical tangent here, but oh, it's something no. that I massively We oh, welcome yeah. it. It we is the that, mood It is. I agree uh, because. And I
2: got, I, how, I got how many minutes of this podcast have I wasted ranting about the nature of science <laughs> and the inherent elitism of oh. trying to gatekeep yeah. knowledge and all of this? Yeah, which, no, like, and
3: that 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 infuriates we me. It. Like, especially we like it. it's it's so easy for us to forget now that like we live in a like we have the the modern library of alexandria at our fingertips at all times like the internet mm-hmm. the the this mm-hmm. this collection of human knowledge and human experience mm. at all times like means that like the 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 um the entry to pursuing knowledge or 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 for using the tools of science to like pursue knowledge mm. is is now easier than ever as mm. long as people can, like, Absolutely. actually understand the frame. Because, like, at the same time that this access is better than ever, the ability for miscommunication is better than ever. Yeah. So that, that's where it becomes important to be able to, like, have people who communicate these mm. ideas in a way that makes it accessible.
2: Yes, um, exactly. I like to. Like, yeah, uh, I feel like it's it's almost you like can that. Find translator. Curiosity killed
0: the rat at yeah, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, yeah, exactly. Zoom, Social media. Um, if you're interested on in Instagram, science Twitter. communication, <coughs> check <out coughs> <this> podcast.
2: <coughs> where we like to think of ourselves as the. Yeah, well, like that's what it is, though. The tra- I I feel like that is my you know role, right? Is to be the translator mm. between the elitist jargon of mm. how scientists like to write their papers and like stuff that you know the the largely taxpayer funded uh, research
3: uh, mm-hmm. the people
2: who have funded this research can understand but anyway that is a whole i'm going to yeah. stop ranting about That's, that i, I could
3: l- listen i could rant on about this for <laughs> literally a million years get me on another episode and i will yeah, bang on we can just
0: about roast the idea of science yeah. communication and that and even from even if i may just chime in with with one thing real quick about science communication and people maybe wanting to get into it and what kind of um prerequisites and skill sets you feel you may require because you know as we're talking about there's that academic elitism of you know you need X qualification, X degree, they view themselves as a meritocracy. Mm. I look at someone like myself with no higher education, science degrees, or anything like that, I just have a very strong enthusiasm and Mm. passion for science. And then my training just happens to be in media and communications. But I can still bring that and be in the industry and the field of science communication while not being a scientists
2: yeah you are still a very valid science communicator um Without coming from a science, it's background.
0: it's very possible, yeah. very accessible, mm. and it's a
2: very emerging field, right? And people are still fig- figuring out how to like, you know, what science communication yeah. is as an industry, right? Like do like you can now do master's degrees in science communication, like it's you know, you can go train mm. in it specifically, but you know, you can come at it from a journalism perspective, from a science perspective, from a yes. you know, collaborations are where it's at. I I, th-
3: I think I know where you were leading with what you were saying there. Mm. So what you were you were asking Asking about um, like the the accessibility of getting into that field through like, uh, like the the non-standard sort of mm.
0: idea, yeah, or, or not even asking, but more just stating that there are all of these different avenues absolutely. to get into this so, field um, and if you want to pursue science you don't even have to study science yeah, at a higher level um, you just have to have the drive and the passion
3: absolutely and I, i've got some really good mm. examples of that as well like both like myself for example i i've, I've mm. always had that curiosity and always had that passion but for you know my own myriad of reasons like you know i i had found some uh, of science to be profoundly intimidating and like i found some of the math profoundly Ooh. intimidating mm. and mm. there is that real feeling that like oh only Pete, like i'm not smart enough to do this and i feel uh, like that is yes. something that is uh uh i i i think at this point it's not intentionally permeated anymore but it is definitely something that came sort of from like that like that sort of it, it it's it's a it's a concept that's been that that elitist concept oh, that it's only I mean, for certain people has been carried for a long time.
2: Genuinely, um, like you know, sitting in a research institute, I definitely get very like I'm surrounded by a bunch of high achievers.
1: Vibes, Mm, right? Like you know,
2: we're all just kind of the kids that were used to being the best, and they've chucked us all in one kind of industry and called it academia. And Mm -hmm. let's let's see what happens at the end of this purge. Like it's (laughs) yeah. Whereas
3: whereas myself, for instance, I had been working jobs that I hated for years, and Mm. I was just like, I Mm. need to do something that is going to be fulfilling to me, and I've got to find a way of reconciling my interests with what I feel like I can actually like achieve in a way that's going to give me, uh, I guess some fulfillment and some stability in my life. So like, I was like, I'm interested in science, but I don't know how well, like, you know, I'm a, I'm an adult. I have to support myself. i got to pay my rent mm, and everything like mm. that. Bill's, so I was like, Bill's, I don't know okay. if I have the capacity to say, go do like, uh, the, um, the bridging units to get into the bachelor to then mm. go on to like, honors or to then go on to masters mm. you know like this is a huge investment of time and, oh, and resources yeah. um that might not necessarily be available to me at it's all it's
2: not accessible to a lot of people financially like you don't get paid at all mm. yeah
3: I, I didn't want to let that sort of like you know just immediately tell me oh, I can't do this so I went investigating and that's when I discovered like you know the role of the laboratory assistant or the laboratory mm. tech, and all mm-hmm. that required was a cert four and a diploma in laboratory technology. And mm-hmm. I was like, "That's like two mm-hmm. years of study. I can, I can accomplish that." Um, yeah. and it's something that is both sort of like indulges that that curiosity and that sort of academic mindset, but is also a far more uh, a practical, hands-on. Mm. kind of, uh, uh, sub sort of category of, 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 of science that can often feel very removed from that, uh, like that sort of tangible feeling. It's always going to be, uh, it, there's, there's an impression, especially when like a lot of the, the pipeline that you sort of see, uh, commonly, uh, uh, touted for getting involved in science is to go directly Mm. to university from, from, so you do like Mm VCE and you study science, then you go to straight out of that and into a a university course and do science. And then from there you will try and like do what you can to get into research and research Mm -hmm. is such a, like one, it's insanely competitive Two, there is like a massive like amount, like there is frankly too many people that have been told go into research and then there's like just no space for them. And oh then everyone gosh, yeah. has to compete all the time for like six month grants and mm-hmm. like, there's just no stability at all. Where it's crazy, there, there are... right?
2: Because don't you feel yeah. like growing, I feel like growing up, I was sort of given the impression that like, you know, don't follow your passion for theater or whatever. Like you want a stable career, follow your passion for science. And so I did. And then it took me until I actually got into research. And then I was like, hang on, this shit is like even less of a stable career than there's no I stability. Like a freelance it's like, artist. What
3: the fuck? It's f- like, maybe, fuck? maybe. But no one get... tells
2: you, no one tells you till you get there, unless you come from a family of yeah. academics or whatever. But like, like no, exactly.
3: And the, you you don't you, know. you don't know that. They just don't, God. it's not communicated.
2: No, so, um, it's whack. It's like yeah, this illusion so, of this like stable, like, but yeah. no, it's a whack but wild so, west world out there.
3: Yeah. So yeah, my 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 pathway into working in a scientific field was very different and from from that. Mm. And it's something that I really want to be able to stress to people is that if you have a passion for something,
2: mm. or if you
3: have a curiosity. Like, don't let, like, if your first idea doesn't work, like, if if you're like, I don't know if I can get into this through this Mm. avenue, there are other avenues. They just Mm. don't necessarily communicate it to you well. The world is a much bigger place with a lot more moving parts than we can ever, like, imagine. I didn't even know that the job that I do was a job that was available a couple of years ago. It was only mm. when I sat down and did some research just to figure out where I might be able to fit in. And like mm. there, I have friends that um, like they they have studied in in like a variety of fields and stuff like that. But like the main, uh, their, their main engagement with science itself is not through say like uh, a research lab or something like that, but it's through like, actually going out into nature and, and sort of engaging with it, uh, either as like a more amateur naturalist or as a professional naturalist or a science communicator. I have a a, 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 friend of mine, um, Caitlin, who does, uh, uh, they're, they're more well-known online as, as she's got legs and, uh, she studies, I know it's, it's, it's funny, but, uh, she works with spiders heavily and, mm. and a lot of insects in general but like her her sort of main focus is is spiders and she's done a lot of like you know she she had she studied like creative writing you know um mm. when she was at school but then mm-hmm. she's used all of her all of her uh, communication knowledge skills. and her and her her capacity for communication and, and her her mm. passion and she also like grew up around like 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 all kinds of interesting insects and bugs and stuff like that so she mm. gets that gets the um those Various, like, pillars of, of things mm, that they can actually do that, and then yeah. links them all together. And now from there, she's been able to quite successfully, like, transition that into a, a science communication field. Mm. And it's doing really well oh, in that. We love that. Often she'll just go out into the jungle for, like, weeks at a time and <sighs> uh, just be lost heck, out there yeah. taking um, pictures of insects amazing. and filming oh, or maybe, like, uh, getting samples cool. to send to to laboratories, mm. stuff yes. like that. Um, and, like, don't get me wrong, it's not an easy way of doing it, but it is – it's what works. And my, my point telling this story is that, like, that is not a standard, like, pathway into Root. science. No. However, it is a fundamental mm. part of science. And, like, mm. people mm. have opportunities mm. to, to engage and to find where they fit. You can find a niche if you mm. – absolutely really want to try and find it and just like try to avoid letting i guess like life kind of uh (laughs) bog you down because it's very easy to do that it can be very easy to hear that like oh maybe you can't do this for this reason Mm. or like Mm. it's gonna or or here are all your limiting factors but instead of like looking at what the limiting factors are sort of look at okay, well, what are my skills? What are the Mm. things that I can do? And then where can I find a niche to exist within that? And if
2: it doesn't um, exist, you can fucking make it because... Exactly. Precisely. Yeah. That's what the world needs.
0: And even, you know, to talk about myself for a moment again, because I just love the sound of my own (laughs) voice, what I do other than podcasting how i earn my living is as an outdoor ed instructor and often what we do is we go on bushwalks and i feel often like a science teacher mm. on these bushwalks because yeah. as we're walking through the forest i'm oh. talking to all of the kids about what all yeah, of the different trees are how, they grow, me. how the ecosystems work together yeah. and driving so, through
2: wa and you're like oh this tree is this let me tell you about this and how you can yeah. tell the difference between this and this and why and like
0: so the, the highest qualification I got for this job was my cert to in outdoor rec, mm. which I did while I was in year 11 and 12. Mm. And that led me to, you know, being an instructor among other things, yeah. but in its own way, I still get to work with science and it's Mm. it's a work style that works better for me personally i struggle to sit down at a desk for long periods of time and write equations and do research and do study but being outside and active exactly and And like that is where i thrive that is like just
3: as important a a way of engaging with science as Mm. sitting down and doing the research and everything like that because yeah yeah, we we have a disconnect in in our in our culture of like the like the, the average person just feeling like science is just a thing that happens away from them that mm. they are not mm. uh not privy to or, or mm. not considered to be smart enough to understand when, mm. when really it's just a framework for understanding the world and mm. a framework for engaging in your curiosity. So, mm. like, it's why I think yeah. that, like, a lot of, like, pop science is so valuable. Like, pop science can sometimes get a bit of a, a bad rap within, like, the uh, – like the like w- within sort of like the I guess like the hard like academic mm, community mm. as being like oh well yeah. it dumbs it down or like it's not yeah. always completely accurate and stuff like that but I, I think that as long as you have someone that is able to like come at it like if you have a communicator who can come at it from a perspective of okay I am trying to give a not I'm hmm. right and here is the way hmm. things are. Correct, yeah. but in in a uh uh here is me taking some very interesting information that i've done uh that i you know i've done my due diligence on mm. and now i am going to present it to you in a uh a a, a form that is more easy to mm. consume and 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 then sort of like metabolize and understand uh like mm. that is that made me feel so much more confident in my own capacity mm. to understand science like I, I can't like I can't speak highly enough of like the value of pop science when it's being well implemented
1: mm.
3: enough like it's it's it, it is the reason that I have been able to do what I do now was because it, it mm. allowed me to mm. go oh no I I can do this I I can understand these it's not mm. just this alien wall that is inaccessible for me
2: mm. yeah no i'm absolutely well i feel like yeah being being a science communication podcast being like yes we can we value science communication is 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 fairly <laughs> like well no shit sherlock uh but yeah i know but uh, know, uh yeah I, there,
0: uh, I i i know i just uh, like hard, i said i could hard, bang about it, it for, but i think it is good to um, illustrate how science communication and science as yeah. a whole is more than just a scientists or scientists talking to non-scientists and viewing them as two separate things the whole idea of you know just because you went to university and have this massive tenure that doesn't qualify you as you are now scientists yes the body of scientists said you are now called to do science all
3: we want to do is facilitate understanding
0: you know Mm.
1: Mm.
3: Uh, and that is something that i am deeply passionate about and, yes. uh, and that my uh, then i just happened to uh, facilitate that uh, communication by talking about just the filthiest species. shit known to man.
2: Uh, <laughs> no, i fuck it i i love that though. And i was going to say i I want to keep ranting about this. We should just do a whole nother episode yes. about this shit in the future. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, Hey, I, like I said,
3: I'd happily come back and talk to you about it, but uh, fucking if, if
2: we'll work it we will can, cause... we
3: can, we can jump back more onto the topic. If, if yeah, you know.
2: well, I was going to say, I'm just aware of the time and how much uh, time has passed already. And we can go for a little bit longer. Um, before I shuffle us on to, I've got a, spooky little listener question as per usual to uh, yeah, it well, as usual The show uh, it's not always spooky but there's always a listener question um but before we yep. do yeah I just what 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 are the the last few things if there are uh, things that you wanted to talk about that you haven't had a chance to talk about yet or some of such like the absolute grossest mm. shit or just like mm. is there anything okay. else that you really want to so just like take this are, moment and and not miss your there are <laughs> there are a
3: variety yeah. of stories so um, yeah yeah l- listen. Yes. No one has ever worked in my lab without spilling some piss on themselves. It just—I've oh, been pissed it's <laughs> on. Just, by rats it's just—it's what it is, man. Rats, like, like, you know, like
0: I've been pissed on by children. Yeah, pissed
3: so <laughs> But see, like well. and you're just like, oh man, I've just like spilt like 16 tubes of UTI piss all over my oh. gown. I better <laughs> just go. That, that's just nothing but a big jungle juice. King's Cup of, of various pathogens. And it like soaks pathogens. through the
2: lab coat into your like clothing. Like oh, no,
3: like, you might be not like, to play King's Cup with a laptop. You're just gonna get up and just like immediately go change your your mm. your gown. Uh you don't you don't want that you don't want that to sink in. Um Probably. like but that's just like that's a common threat, you know? Like uh one of the, the big like fears low that we tier. have. One of the big fears that we have is uh feces pots that are uh very uh there's there's a lot of gas production happening uh-huh, in there
1: uh-huh.
3: uh which can then result in 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 the pot uh building up pressure oh like gosh, a and exploding and oh now dear. oh dear when when you're working with them, you got to be careful because you pick them up and you're like that is a grenade and that wants to pop So bad, and there are so many people in my lab that have, like, rushed to open up a cup because they don't really want to be processing feces. Like, it's just, you know, you want to kind of move through it fast. And then, like, when they open it up too fast, all the gas tries to escape, and with it, it takes all the poo with it. And at Mm -hmm. best, you (sighs) will end up with poo, like, just- sort of like dribbling out all over your hands at worst it turns into an actual landmine and explodes we have had there's a story that gets told in my lab quite
1: frequently from one of the
3: scientists hey mark what's up um (laughs) about (laughs) someone yeah who was uh getting like a full rack of feces and I, I can't remember exactly <laughs> what a happened. a rack of
2: feces. It's like a rack of yeah, no, a rack of feces. Yeah,
3: exactly. Like, it, it, is like, it is like a metal <laughs> tray just filled with like 80 cups of, of, of feces. And one yeah. of these cups has built up so much pressure that it has exploded. And it is blown out of the uh, laminar flow oh hood all God. over the person. It's gone on the ceiling. <laughs> like, and it was just like, man, it is there. Oh, like
1: God. There, and...
3: There, look, there are some things that just don't clean, you know? Like you just oh, emotionally yeah. you're like, mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. recovering from this and it's not coming back. <laughs> so that was a gross one. Uh, anytime anytime that we get a toe, the whole lab mm-hmm. turns into a zoo. Everyone yes. gets so excited for toes. Uh, and, Interesting. and the funny thing for, about the toe is that uh, if you think about it, it's like a tiny little sausage say, shape, right? Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. roll. So yeah. you really you, when you need to try and cut into them, because what we need to do is uh get right into the deep tissue of the toe. So like you have to get your scalpel out and like really get in there and scrape right down near the bone to try and expose that that mm. that tissue to tie test in there for the presence of 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 say the the MLC bacteria. Uh and then it just kind of starts spinning. And you're like, oh my god, this fucking toe is trying to escape <laughs> me. So you have to get you have to get some of your uh, your tweezers and kind of hold it down in place and then scrape right in it and try and, like, get all the all the meat out. I have been sent a whole piggy bank before, which is just the whole end of the foot. So all five toes Piggy-bank. and the oh end of the God. foot connecting Phenomenal. them all together.
0: Oh, Because this little piggy went to the market. Yeah, this so I, I was like, low. when I got that, I
3: was like, oh, my God, I've got an entire piggy bank. Uh, we <laughs> often receive uh, 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 breast implants that have been rejected
1: Mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. can be
3: which can be like a lot uh, like i was saying plural fluids and uh uh mm-hmm. any any kind of drainage fluid can be filled with so it can be so purulent so purulent basically just means it's full of like pus and bacteria and dead white blood cells and stuff like that
2: All they're really and, and young we have stuff. to
3: um and like blood uh-huh. and stuff like that and and it can be it needs to be uh spun down we have to put it in our centrifuge to uh, try and uh, get rid of the supernatant that would just, so the supernatant would just be the excess fluid that is not really doing anything for us. It would just be a suspension that's holding all of the the bacteria that we actually wanna work with. So we put it in the the centrifuge, but depending on how much chunk is in there, how much schmutz is in there. How much chunk. When you take it out and you discard the supernatant, you are left with nothing but very literally human soup. Like it is, uh, it is chunk of lunks and like having to, having to relate to that is fuck. a lot. Um, uh. Uh, what else is some really, I feel like I'm forgetting something else. Like, yeah, you know, we get so much gross stuff and it's fascinating. Uh, like I said, anytime we get worms,
2: in mm-hmm. feces
3: everyone it turns mm-hmm. into a fucking mm-hmm. zoo because everyone wants to go see the worm oh my gosh. like it, we go look at it under the microscope <laughs>
0: you ever had a worm in a toe before no, no. Toe I, I i i okay. would be
3: deeply fascinated to see a toe worm <gasps> we've received um
1: concerning.
0: uh we've
3: received a uh um a, a, an eyelid. oh just the eyelid
1: w- it wasn't why? a full eyelid
3: I was a little disappointed that it wasn't a full eyelid. I can't remember why. Uh, yeah, it would have I mean, been for, Like what, what it diagnostic? It would have been getting amputated for some diagnostic reason, but for the life mm. of me, I can't remember what it was. Yeah. I didn't work the on that one. The worst case of- I wasn't, I wasn't on the hospital bench that day. So yeah. our lab will be divided into various benches. Like there's the, there's the urine bench, there is the feces bench. There's the genital bench. There's the blood culture bench. There's the hospital mm-hmm. bench. I'm just imagining it's a,
0: an actual bench that people sit on, and it's just smeared with all of the aforementioned substances.
3: <sighs> well, I mean, like you know, it it's not smeared. It's it's put there in a in a in a <laughs> uh, uh, orderly careful manner. Careful but no, like manner. the 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 piss bench is covered in like we'll we'll go through maybe like a thousand to fifteen hundred. Pots of pee a day. Oh. I think I sat down and I did the math once and I realized huh. that, uh, on average, like it was a very, you know, it was, it was like, no one gets into microbiology to do math. We leave that to chemists. <laughs> we, we, microbiologists are afraid of math.
1: The best we do
3: is like, as long as we got like a teacher that could teach us like the fundamentals to make us not afraid of it. We're like, okay, fine. But we, no, no microbiologist wants to do math. Uh, (laughs) but I worked out that we were on average having about 37 liters of piss come across our bench every single day.
0: That's I'm just imagining, you know, when I'm out in the bush and someone's like, I need to go to the toilet. I say, all right, there's a tree in the lab. If someone says I need to go to the toilet, do you point him towards the piss bench? Oh, quite often. (laughs) We, uh, we make jokes that like, if we don't have, and like, if, if
3: work's pretty quiet, be like, oh, maybe one of us will just go grab a couple cups and just go to the bathroom, and give ourselves some work. <laughs> oh my
0: gosh! Yeah, <laughs> that's
3: funny. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, like, uh, and like, I, I got a, a lot of various responsibilities in the lab. Like, as I've sort of moved through, it. I started out as an assistant, and then I got a promotion to to be a, a lab technician. So like yeah, we 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 like so much of what we do is just processing the samples, putting them on like you know running them through our our chemistry machines or doing uh, manual chemistry on it, uh, inoculating our agar plates um, for for growth of, of pathogens to be able to uh, you know identify them identify later on. Them. We mm. use machines like uh, I it, it'll usually be the scientists in the lab who are actually doing the. Uh, uh, the, um, An- analysis uh, part, ident- the identification and the reporting. However, I still do, like, I'm being trained to do a little bit of reporting. Um, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe I'll be working with, like, I'm starting to learn how to work with our Malditoff, which is a, uh, a, a machine that does, uh, I'm, I'm going to try and remember what it stands for. It's a matrix assisted. So it's M-A, uh, matrix assisted desorption ionization time of flight. So the idea is that you get this, uh, it's a whole mouthful, but basically Mm -hmm. what it does is it shoots lasers at little spots that we put our uh, isolated colonies of bacteria on there. Uh, It will ionize it and then use that ionization sort of like- um, like mass spectrometry to get a unique fin- fingerprint of the type of proteins mm. that are in there to give a unique identification of what that bacteria is. And I always love telling people that I'm being trained to shoot lasers, shoot lasers at
2: bacteria. at bacteria. Fuck. Yeah
3: because like that's just tight awesome. as fuck um yeah absolutely yeah, but, yeah no, there's <laughs> so much that we do and like there's like we'll, we'll do like microscopy i do a lot of microscopy on urine i'm usually just looking for red blood cells white blood cells i'm not trying to do like a a, a, a more in-depth identification of the white blood cells unless they're like dysmorphic oh sorry i almost like i'll do like maybe identification on the red blood cells further if they're dysmorphic or isomorphic in any way, but ultimately that will be the mm. that will be the scientist's job to to dig further into that. I just sort of get it set up for them, um, but yeah. So from from like the assistant or the uh, the, the the tech perspective, it's more of processing and setting things up getting the ball rolling on a lot of these so
2: much mm. of what science is though like yeah exactly into research that was the biggest learning curve for me i feel like undergrad was so much like learn all of this content and understand things conceptually and then you actually get into research and it's like no actually spend this many hours a day doing all these like practical things cutting things up and injecting things and pipetting things and whatever and like that's the bulk of it you get a bit of thinking and a lot of yeah
3: yeah I i think people tend to forget how much of the practical
0: side of science mm. there really is? Like people yeah. have got to get their hands dirty, yeah, either figurative or literally, I mean, depending um, on the
2: science. But yeah, for, yeah, for me, yeah, I'm trying to think if
0: I have. I mean, that's that's what drew me to science in high school was I would imagine people mixing fun chemicals mm. together in beakers and watching shit explode, and I was disappointed at the amount of reports I had to write mm. <laughs> in science class.
3: I remember, and I honestly probably should not have been allowed to do this, but I ended up making <laughs> like touch powder. <laughs> in science class in order to <laughs> make a a uh, 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 a chemical propulsion um potato cannon oh my god uh, i was using the touch powder <laughs> fuck yeah in order to make a, a like mm. a, a bottle rocket um and like dude ho- honestly i'm sure that shit was illegal yeah that, i'm uh, like sh- oh, shout out w- mr brian technically <laughs> he was Get a uh, rocket fired. scientist yeah
0: <laughs> But, I think uh, that's just something about chemistry teachers that they're just a little bit unhinged. Oh, absolutely! One of oh, my year twelve a chemistry teachers, chem teacher three, from you know, old yeah. high school, yeah. was like they were talking to their class about potassium metal. Yes, yeah. like, and then they just throw some in a bucket. It's highly ex- illegal and explosive. Yeah. I'll see if I can get some. Yeah, you know? no one
3: of my one of my first science classes in I don't know like year nine or ten was uh. Uh, our science teacher getting a bucket of water, throwing some pure sodium in there, and then accidentally oh blowing up the entire uh, uh, fume hood that he put it in.
2: Yeah, fucking. That's a, that's a choice. That's a decision. That's real shit guy. right there. That's a real. Um, <sighs> fuck. And <laughs> now <then laughs> as an
3: adult, I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> At yeah, the time, right. I thought it was sick as hell. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. Perspective.
3: Yeah. But yeah, it's so gross. um I uh I hope that I have given you uh, I know that I've I've we 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 have all gone off on a variety of tangents here. Uh, we but always I do. I do hope that I've given you a little bit of an overview and an understanding of like my lab and sort of what I do.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I fuck that's been an absolutely disgusting ride of spooky joy. I love it. I yeah. I have Uh it's disgusting ride
0: of spooky yeah. joy. Yeah. I,
2: I don't know cuz I just that. I'm similar in that like this shit like I don't know if it's just, I've been around too much gross stuff for too long, but I'm not phased by it. And I think it's like the coolest shit ever. And then you just get some people that like, you've got to pick your audience with these sorts of conversations because you'll yeah. start to like mention something and someone will just be like, I'm going to vomit if we keep having this conversation. And I'm like, but it's so cool. Right. So just being able to like do that. Uh, I even
3: have this problem at work sometimes where I'll be like describing something and I'll gross out one of the scientists mm. and I don't mean it. It's not intentional. (laughs) But like, for instance, like uh, we have uh, a variety of machines that we'll try and like run our our, our urine samples through. But if there's Mm. too much blood, if there's like too much like Frank hematuria, which basically just means a lot of blood in piss. Um, (sighs) Mm -hmm. it's going to give false results in our chemistry machines, or maybe it's going to like jam up the pipettes or something like that. So we tend to have to run it. Uh, we have to do it manually.
2: Uh, Mm -hmm.
3: but you know, if I'm trying to explain how to differentiate, like, can this, can this urine sample go through one of our machines or Mm -hmm. do we have to do it manually? And I'll be explaining this to one of my assistants. I'll be like, all right, look at the color of it. Now imagine that you are at Sunday brunch with the girls. Is this the color of like a, a, a like a rosy kind of like like brunch drink that you're gonna get a little bit bubbly and a little bit fun with, or does it look like blood? Because I'm like, is it, it a it Bloody like, Mary
2: or is it a like rose? Yeah.
3: Is it does it look like a rose? If it looks like something that you can sip on a Sunday morning with the lads, it's fine to go through the machines. that won't fuck up chemistry. If it is anything worse than that. We want to do it manually. And I just love using that as that, the
2: distinction. Yeah, like yeah. would I drink people, this yeah. bloody piss? People,
3: people will respond to that either by going, "Wow, that's such a great visualization," a, like yeah. that really helped, or they go, "Aaron, what the fuck? That's so gross." <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry, it's just an accurate visualization like, of what I'm talking and it about. It
2: works for some people, uh, and I can yeah. I, I can see not yeah. for others. Oh. Not
0: everyone can handle the forbidden rosé. Exactly. No one can handle the forbidden sip.
3: Mm,
2: um, the forbidden <laughs> Bloody Mary. Oh,
1: gosh. Yeah.
3: We, we also make quite a few jokes in the lab about uh, eating the agar plates, which one looks the tastiest. Uh, my personal favorite <laughs> is the uh, Yersinia pestis plates. We very rarely get to use them. I never get to use them, but- they, they also have, like, that nice pinky rosé colour. And mm. I'm like, man, if there was ever an egg like plate Delight, I wanted to eat, right? like... it's, the, it's the
0: Yersinia one. <laughs> um, uh... Before we do the listener question, there was one thing that I oh, wanted absolutely. to um, talk about. Um, whether or not I include it in the episode, I don't know, because um, I know we're a bit over time at the moment. Hey, listen, but Since but when has that ever fucking, fucking stopped us? There's like... always space to edit. It, it was It was something that I um could have come up a little bit ago but then 10 tangents. oh yeah listen we've got a we've got there was, there was a whole no bunch of back people around. here at the same time it's <laughs> nothing <Cool>. but tangents <laughs> sick this was back when to take us all the way back probably to the start of the episode when Katie you were talking about cutting the rat <laughs> and just before its the- heartbeat yes. so i i just want i get into the shoes of say like um, someone from the medieval era or, or some time when science wasn't really a real no known mm-hmm. and accepted thing and people held a lot of supernatural and superstitious beliefs. And you you describe this process of you need to cut open the rat and just before its final heartbeat, inject it with this <laughs> potion <laughs> and it comes alive.
2: It sounds like fucking witchcraft you know what?
0: Okay, If you were no, describing okay. this to someone with no knowledge. I have of a science. thing about this, but
3: you 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 go you go first. I <laughs> oh, uh, oh, okay.
2: I was just gonna say uh, this I know it throws back to what we were talking about a lot earlier, but is a fucking perfect segue into our listener question. May I just say, but go, Aaron, Absolutely. say your your Ooh. thing first. Uh, oh,
3: I, I was just gonna say that. Um, yeah, uh, well, that that's the funny thing because like people don't think about this all that much, and I'm gonna make some massive generalizations here. But like, mm, so much please. of science is started off as like monks doing like mm. uh, alchemy. You know, like mm, it was, mm. all of it yeah. started off as this curiosity and this investigation. Um, and then mm-hmm. like over time, like, or, 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 understanding or, or like has people who had too. the, people who had the finances or the means to be able to access the, these, these things to be able to, to be able to do it. But like it started off as alchemy, yeah. which was just a straight up pseudoscience and then when or over time that is developed, because people realize what worked and what didn't work, and they, they applied mm. that lens, and mm. then from there we start to have an understanding of what you know can be uh uh, uh what, what's the word I'm looking for here um causality like what 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 people look at and can all agree on like what traits are here that when we all look mm. at it we can all see that it has the same traits. Like, Mm. and when, when we can sort of reach that consensus, that is Mm. when you start to develop science as a lens, as opposed to what we were talking about previously. But again, like, I feel like there's this idea like that science is inherently directly opposed. It's the antithesis. It's Mm. like the antithesis Mm. to magic. But in reality, yeah, it not. came from magic.
2: It's an explanation. Of. It's, it's an understanding. It's a way, of magic. a framework of explaining it's, something that yeah, some people it's, might it's describe, describe differently. Yeah.
3: It's it's like if you look at like human thought, or if you look at the sun. Mm. Conceptually, the sun is an insane idea. But just mm. because we know, we've applied our big brains and our uh, our capacity <laughs> for understanding and conceptualizing, we have been able to understand. The, me- the mechanisms of the sun. Mm. That doesn't make it any less yeah. incredible. It doesn't make insane. it any less effectively, uh. in my opinion, magic. But we just yeah, know Yeah,
2: fucking look at some of the works. James Webb images that are coming out. Like, it's just fucking insane. Yeah. It's like, this is-, this yeah. is-
3: so, magic. uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's, that was,
2: well,
0: yeah. there's that old trope of, you know, any thing that is viewed as magic as science that we simply do not understand mm-hmm.
2: yeah. yet. Um, <laughs> uh, well, cause okay. Yeah. Yes. So this is where I am going to like yank us straight into the listener question yes. because it just, it flows so well. It's so fitting into this. because okay. like, it is very much that idea of like something that we now see as fiction and not true and folklore and fake and whatever coming from people's best attempts to do science back in mm. the, back in the day. Anyway, I'll just, I'll do what I always do and read the listener question. I'm, I'm starting to answer it before I've even told y'all what the question is. So <laughs> the, the email reads, uh, Hey there. I once heard that the concept of vampires actually comes from people not understanding death or disease back in the day. But like, is this a myth? If there is science to vamps, please tell me everything,
3: Val. Oh, I know a bit about this as well. Yeah? I don't.
2: Uh, well, okay. Well, see, this is one of those things where, like, I mean, and there are also, this is, once I started to dive down into, like, the rabbit hole of learning, like, Once again, we could do a whole nother hour on just this topic and all of the different sort of like possible like diseases and and ailments and things that, um, people have speculated reflect, uh, you know, the condition of vampirism. Um, and so I'm only, I've kind of narrowed it down to like just kind of two main things that I want to talk about, but like, uh, in the interest of time, but like, what I do want to say is just like vampires, first of all, as a concept are such a, like, have evolved and changed over time. And they, I didn't realize they were a thing that people actually used to b- legit believe in, which like, yeah, they, they were. Um, yeah. Like now
0: I- I, 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 I assumed people believed in vampires in the same way that they believed in all sorts of, Superstitions and yeah, you know, like the 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 they to go out into the woods, yeah, the, all the wolves will the, get the, the, you. The basic, con- some of yeah. them
3: are men. The, the basic concept of it has been around for such a long time, but uh, Across
2: so many this, cultures this is, as well. This but. is
3: going to be a, a fun thing that I can actually relate to what I was talking mm. about earlier. One of the uh, most distinct visualizations of the contemporary vampire that we have, yeah, the other sort mm. of Anne Rice Victorian era, sort of. Wasted away, pale, mm. sort of gaunt mm. but sexy look. All comes mm. from tuberculosis. All, all tuberculosis. Oh. Uh, yeah. Tuberculosis had such a fundamental uh, impact on culture mm. that we mm. that we don't think about now. But like the entire like goth aesthetic, the 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 mm. the, the common idea of uh, of of the vampire, um, so much a lot of Victorian era fashion all based off of tuberculosis because mm. tuberculosis would do things like make you slowly waste away,
1: mm. make you become
3: thinner. You would become pasty, but yeah. also have yeah. these kind of like rosy cheeks and stuff like yeah. that. Um, mm. It was considered to be, uh, uh, I, I guess, like an uh, 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 a disease that affected interesting people or sexy mm. people or rich mm. people. And they would mm. – uh,
2: Help perpetuate that idea.
3: Yeah. Um, And because it would be sort of like the uh and again these are generalizations this is not the only thing that well yeah Empire, I mean I'll like, I'll, I'll fucking uh, as, cover as a, a few example, more in a like second you, yeah like the concept of the uh of the wealthy aristocrat trapped mm. away up in their castle who is like slowly dying of tuberculosis uh mm. as they are mm. like elegant but also pasty and gaunt and the rosy yeah cheeks that kind of well spoken
2: sort of, beautiful but you know kind of yeah, sinister and you can lean creature into like you, know, you like want to stay away uh, What's your name? Them. Bathory,
3: um, uh, you know all of that mm. sort of bleeds into each other so well. But yeah, no, tuberculosis had huh, a boy. massive impact on the contemporary mm. vampire as well as other parts of um, uh, both like just Victorian era culture and uh and yeah, the contemporary go. goth movement today.
2: That's crazy. So, I've uh, never yeah. thought about that before, but that makes that makes total sense. Um, yeah. as, we'll add that to the list of like because like yeah, like you said, you know, vampires and the concept of them have existed. And, like, but the thing is, like, even, you know, pre-tuberculosis times, an idea of a creature that, you know, before it was kind of called a vampire, like, kind of that name, early Mm. 1800s, I think, that was kind of the name that got um, prescribed to these creatures but like across all these different cultures in the world the kind of there is a defining feature that links all of these different types of vampires and generally that's like drinking blood right that's the feature that we the main one and mm-hmm. also i would say paired with being undead like if you're going to define yeah. a vampire you know there's all the things there's all yeah. the different the sunlight the like can't see your reflection in a mirror i don't have a scientific explanation for like that yeah. one uh the staking through the heart um
0: I mean, that's going to get anyone. All of those,
2: though, I can provide, like, there are actually, like, it's it's crazy because we think of them, or I don't know, maybe it's just me on my, like, high horse being like, of course it's, like, vampires are fictitious. (laughs) But, like, no, they weren't always fictitious Mm. and they are entrenched in folklore. And so I guess... My point is, there are so many different types and ways of looking at vampires. But for clarity, I'm going to focus on that, like standard Eastern European blood-sucking undead, yeah. sunlight-avoiding vampire, um, because I've like you know there's a lot of sort of history and stuff behind them that I was able to find. And something that was mentioned in the question was you know coming the possibility of it coming from the misinterpretation of death, which is like absolutely Mm. a thing. Like people just not understanding what happens to a human body when it dies, because like we are, we understand that now. Right. But like back, back in, Mm. there is, there is actually a really, really good example I found of this like actually happening, or at least, you know, some scholars believing that this is what happened. And I'll explain, you know, how and why back in 18th century Eastern Europe where, so, you know, back in 18th century Eastern Europe, the idea of vampires in folklore was, like, very prominent. Like, people really believed in these undead creatures, but they were kind of undead creatures that caused mischief and death. Um, and they weren't the the tuberculosis, gaunt, beautiful, stunning. Yeah. They were actually often described as, like, bloated or, like, ruddy or, like, dark Um, very different Mm. to today's sort of like, yeah, paleness, which kind of comes a bit later in that probably, yeah, yeah, from from the 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 tuberculosis kind of times. Um, Mm. but then also the thing to remember is that, you know, 18th century Eastern Europe was like, just not, not a great time to be alive, to be honest. And there were a lot of people becoming (laughs) spontaneously not alive from various plagues and so forth. And like... At the time, like, a lot of these deaths were, like, really mysterious. Like, people, we just, they just lacked the medical explanation. They were like, people are just dropping dead. Like, what the fuck is going on? So what actually happened is record of this is that people started, they started digging up the graves to examine the corpses of these people who had mysteriously died to, like, you know, try to do a science, right? Like, try to do a science, the first type of science. You know, that using a, trying to find an explanation. Trying to investigate. Trying to put that.
3: Put that analytical lens on it.
2: Mm, They're doing pathology before it was cool. Like, or that's what, you know, they were trying to do and picking up, digging up these corpses being like, okay, we're going to get to the bottom of this. But what actually happened is that they found, like, what they found on these corpses made them believe that these people were actually vampires. Um, And, like, I found I'm just, you know... Just to be like, I'm not making all this shit up. Uh, I, I have a quote that I found from a historian at UCLA, Paul Barber, shout out. Um, but he just says, you know, far from being merely fanciful horror stories, the vampire stories proved to be an ingenious and elaborate folk hypothesis that seeks to explain the otherwise puzzling phenomena associated with death and decomposition. Because like, that is the thing. They were just like, they were trying to explain this shit. And so, there's three... Yeah, sorry. Wh-
3: Yeah, you go. Sorry. I was about to ask what it was that they were finding in there, but I think you're Mm -hmm. about to explain. Mm
2: -hmm. So there are three main things that they found that that made them go, okay, uh, vampire. So number one, um, Mm -hmm. they found that on these corpses, the hair and the fingernails appeared to have grown, right? So the logical explanation then is like, Mm. well, this creature is not dead. The hair and fingernails are still growing. And I just want to say when you die, your hair and fingernails do not keep growing that is a myth but what does yeah. happen if if you're not preserved uh what does happen is as your flesh dehydrates it like shrinks right which it, like, like pulls, pulls back the scalp skin back and the like fingernails like the finger skin back to make it look like it. and even even the gums will dehydrate and maybe a little canine teeth might start Ooh. to be a little bit more prominent um uh, you know it's a it's this illusion of yeah so that was what number one that they were like okay vampire checks out number two they found that the corpses, um, compared to when they were buried, they had now got these quite bloated bellies and, and kind of blood around their mouths. So the obvious, obvious conclusion is that like these guys have, have, be have eaten. been out feeding on human blood and now they've got full stomachs and blood around their mouths. Checks out, right? Like fits in with the kind I of mean, framework. I mean, yeah.
0: yeah.
3: In, 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 uh, in absence of a better way to investigate it. Yeah. It, yeah. it makes sense that you would arrive at that. But Absolutely.
2: Like, yeah. But what happened like it turns out from what we know now right is that like when you die like and you know as we've already said several times this episode right like we've got a shit ton of bacteria in in our body in our gut right in particular right just, and so just like when out. Yeah, right. Just like hanging out. But like when you die, this bacteria, well, similar, I guess, to the the, the poo bomb explosion you were describing, right, is that bacteria can create gas, right? And so when you die, this bacteria starts to create these gases that cause your gut to essentially expand. There's your bloated uh, looking stomach. And then also this expansion and creation of gas can force blood to kind of pop up and out your mouth a little bit hence the illusion of it looks like you've been drinking blood and now you're bloated but it's actually just this like creation of internal gasses due to the bacteria um so that but like still yeah makes sense without that knowledge um and then number 3 is that the bodies were no longer stiff or in the same position um as when they were buried yeah they
3: uh, they they lose that rigor mortis over time yeah
2: there. so like rigor mortis goes that, away. So, like, yeah. you know, and is that
3: is that yeah. sorry uh, that and that is that due to extended decomposition as as yes. the body is actually beginning to break down that that tenseness that was holding it in place mm. begins to limber up. It's yeah. almost like uh, it's it's it, it's almost like when you are uh, when you're like uh salting like meat or something like that and it begins mm. to like slowly mm. break mm. down the the protein structure, the
2: the yeah. the links between the muscle fibers, yeah, those exactly. linking proteins. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean. <laughs> God, so many throwbacks. Check out our episode on muscles. But, like, that's the thing in terms of how muscle contraction works is we actually use muscle – sorry, we use the energy to uncontract and our natural state is to be contracted, which Mm. is why, you know, when you die, everyone's sort of heard of this rigor mortis where your muscle seize up and you go stiff. But then, yeah, um, that only lasts – 24 to 84 hours was kind of the window that seemed to be listed, which is a huge window of time. But I guess like back in the day, they there wasn't a whole pomp and ceremony necessarily around just like chucking. Like you had a dead body, it was stiff. You chuck it in the ground, right? Um, before it had started yeah. to, you know, yeah. Then the, then those muscle fibers they start to decompose and and you go limp again and you you lose that. But people back then were like, oh, stiffness is a very clear sign of death, right? If you're like, oh, somebody is dead, like yeah. they're stiff. And so these people are un-, un... You call them a stiff. Yeah, like, taking these corpses back up and being like, hang on, these guys aren't stiff anymore, and also they've moved, they're in a different position to when we buried them. Um, that's some suspicious mm-hmm. shit, guys. These guys aren't dead. They're undead. They're undead. They're not stiff. And, they've and moved. Fuck, and fucking so much fuck. of that,
3: le- like, bleeds into that, like, that general thing of having a... Like you were saying, having a poor understanding of death, and mm. like, you know, you mm. hear so many, uh you hear so many stories of people who were buried thinking they were dead, and it turned out they actually weren't. Yeah. And, like they yeah. might have just been in a coma or something like that. Or and like they got put cath- in and then they find all the scratch marks or whatever. Yeah. So like that that all bleeds into that concept mm. as well of like yeah, yeah, people getting absolutely. put in the ground and then not actually being. And dead, then some and could actually get these, out like, and yeah,
2: all of these things kind of conflating. And then, like, the yeah. the cherry on top of all of these things um, for me that I was just like, this is beautiful, right, um, is because – so I mentioned before that another key factor of a vampire um, that I could find some evidence for was the stake, wooden stake through the heart is what you need yeah. to do to kill a vampire, right? So this is possibly where it comes yeah. from too because then their solution to, like, digging up all these corpses and being like holy shit they're alive they're vampires was they would put a wooden stake through them to stake them to their grave to essentially hold them in place so they couldn't run off and feast on the living but but i'm not done i'm not done because the super fun thing that i also read about this right is that when you when you shove a stake through a bloated decomposing corpse right
0: yeah, I it's mentioned some mix. accumulated oh. gas
2: before, right? It causes this like accumulated gas to escape the body, maybe sometimes coming up past the vocal
3: cords. Oh no, so it's letting sort of goes, out a little <gasps>
2: groan almost as though you're killing something not quite dead. Right, that is right? fucking incredible. So, like, it has just helped perpetuate oh. all of these ideas that, like, yes, these creatures were vampires, and yes, staking them through the heart was the way to deal with that situation. Well done, us. Like, all of this completely fucking checks out with what we understand so far, and it's like I can respect that. I can totally like, yeah.
3: No, like I get it. It's like you can totally yeah. see how you arrived at it. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's wrong, but like but, in the absence of of, of being able to. You're going to be like, well, here is, here is some, uh, patterns that I'm recognizing.
2: And that's like why I kind of, whenever I try to explain a topic on the podcast or whatever, I'm, or answer a question, I'm kind of like, you know, this is our understanding so far or to the best of our knowledge right now, Mm -hmm. because a lot of what I'm saying is like true is, is probably not. Um, but it's what it's our best understanding so far. Yeah, like,
3: exactly. Um, we'll fucking it's,
2: it's, see, right? Like
3: that sort of leads into what I was saying earlier about that that idea that that false idea of science as a monolith of what is, when really mm. all it is is a lens to try and understand the world. Yeah, and exactly. Like we can look at. At, uh-huh. at what you were describing there like the the, the vampirism and be mm. like oh well they were dumb and we are smart but it's it's not it's <laughs> no. just people using what was available to yeah. them to try and understand something exactly which and i'll give just like discourage uh-huh. someone from trying oh. to understand something
2: no let me be very clear yeah. in the like uh, this is not a roast of people who believed in vampires. This is me being like, this makes sense um, based on like, what they saw the and start. their framework. And like, I have just like one. Do you know where the sorry. like go, Matt?
0: Do you know where the go? Uh, I was, I was just gonna go off on another little tangent. Um, where the garlic myth? Oh comes no, from. I don't. I mean, <laughs> I the, I,
2: I, there. I found some. St- I didn't write notes on it, so it, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, there, I, have, be, I have. I have. Imagine... On, like, one more thing, but
3: I, I imagine there is a bunch of it that is like you know, just like home remedies and stuff. Oh, I mean, like, sort of just moved into it over time. There's a through lot of literature yeah. and stuff yeah. as
2: well, like as as it's become a fictional thing, like it's, it's built upon. But no, one, there is one more thing that I did want to like quickly touch on because I kind of, yeah, talked about those, mm. you know, the misinterpretation of death side. And we did sort of touch on tuberculosis as a living person's con- – well, living not for much longer, RIP uh, – but, you know, yeah. as, a, as a disease of a live person <laughs> that might be, you know, misinterpreted. And I did, like – I found there were a whole bunch of those examples and it was a whole rabbit hole, but there was one that I found that I wanted to talk about because I was like I actually have some personal, like, insight into, like, how I can absolutely see people – potentially misconstruing this idea. Um, and so there's a group of diseases called porphyria, right which are mm. essentially it's caused by the buildup of a molecule a molecule sorry called porphyrin in your blood. essentially it's to do with the hemoglobin and inside the hemoglobin there's something called a porphyrin ring. If, if, you know, normally we have enzymes that break this down and it's not an issue, but people with this porphyria disease, they don't have enough of these enzymes. So this porphyrin builds up and causes issues. Now the problem, there's a few problems that come with this buildup of porphyrin. Number one, it can make your skin very sensitive to sunlight. Don't go out in the sun. Um, Mm. Sound familiar? Makes sense. Mm. But then the kind of like... The number two thing was porphyrin is red in color, right? And excess porphyrin can build up in, like, the teeth and the mouth, and it looks like blood. It looks – and this is where I'm like – this is where I can give insight in that porphyrin does fucking look like blood because – Side like this is a <laughs> this is a, a slight side note tangent, but it will become relevant. Um, well, mm-hmm. once again, welcome to Rat Facts, um, renaming the podcast, and once again talking <laughs> about the fact that I work with rats, if we've already established. But fun mm-hmm. fact about rats is that they have this special gland that kind of like sits behind their eye that actually secretes porphyrin when they get really stressed right and so when when a rat is like really really stressed and it's kind of been in its home cage for a bit you can kind of come back to it and they get this like red marking around their eyes and their fur gets stained with this like red stuff and like if you don't know it's porphyrin or that rats do this thing like it it fucking it looks like blood even when you do know i've like i don't see it very often yeah, because we don't out. like to let our rats get you know that stress but like fucking i remember the first time i saw it i was like holy shit this thing has been crying blood what the fuck Uh, like it's but it's not it's porphyrin
3: um i I do have a question for you mm. um with the with the porphyria that you were just talking about there uh because i'm curious to see how this might even relate further into some the 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 ideas of vampirism that we were talking Mm. about this uh this this disease uh is it one that is uh sort of similar to like of like the like uh, like you know, like the Habsburg chin and stuff like that. In that, it can be uh, it might be a uh, what, what's what's the word I'm looking for when it's um, it's a it's a not selected for trait. But if you are uh uh say inbreeding. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it may be a recessive trait, but if you're doing a significant amount of inbreeding, sort of like a lot of the royal families were around this time, it may uh, 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 proliferate further,
2: yes. therefore yes. further so, proliferating
3: the idea of vampirism oh yes. as an affluent disease. I was uh, going to say... I'm not saying that I know this, that's why I'm asking. Yeah, No,
2: so... There, are, So porphyria is actually, like, is a class of a bunch of different disorders that all kind of share the trait of yeah. this building up of porphyrin right? And some of them are different. Most types of porphyria are actually hereditary, which I think, like, is it. interesting in the sense that, yeah, like, <laughs> you know, yeah, those groups of vampires are like one vampire infecting mm-hmm. their family and stuff. But, like, really interestingly. The Adam um, family. Really, and this is, I'm just going to make this as a little side note being like, you know. Wikipedia is great, but always fact check Wikipedia. because Yeah, absolutely. um, I did go (laughs) – if you go to the Wikipedia page for vampires, um, it actually says that this theory about, like, porphyria leading to or perpetuating this myth has been largely discredited, and then it references this, like, Scientific American article that I then went and read – Um, they reference that to back up this claim that it's been discredited, but the actual like scientific American article, like it was, which was more generally about porphyria and the different types and not just about vampires, but what it had to say on the topic of vampires. And I quote is that, um, the condition may have been less rare in the past, especially in isolated pockets where inbreeding could occur, such as the valleys of Transylvania, perhaps giving rise to the tales of vampires. Um, Which, like, that doesn't sound – like, there was nothing about it being discredited. It was actually like, you know, this makes um, sense. So, you know. Yeah,
3: it's just that single moment of, like, you know, misinterpretation of a single Mm. source. And even then, like, you have to be careful with, like, you know, when going back to, uh, you know, uh, investigating, uh, like, research papers and stuff Mm. like that. Again, going back to the idea that, like, science is this monolithic thing where if it's stated, then it's it's, true. It's true. One paper does not (sighs) – does not Does truth not, make uh, no God no? Is, yeah, we we the reason that we do like we repeat tests so many times, or we do comparisons, or we do metadata analysis mm. is to get lots and lots and lots of data and mm. then compare it to each other. We don't do mm. one test and go, oh, well, this is or this isn't, or we yeah. can reach a, yeah. a satisfactory conclusion from this one thing. We mm. want to do lots of the same tests yep. or lots of similar tests in order to get like a, a, a like a median across mm. that data. Um, yeah, yeah, a better so chance of our- I, I still out. care about a lot, but yeah.
2: Yeah. But no, um, it's
3: fascinating how much all of this kind of relates to but each but other. Yeah, and you have right? like it's multiple yeah. concepts sort of building on each other yeah, to explain exactly. this one general- generalized idea of a vampire
2: yeah because like we kind of get to what vampires look like to us today and like i mean there is lots of variation from your edward cullens to your count strads but like there's this kind of like you can see how all these elements have possibly come from all these real life things throughout absolutely time and that like it it's the perfect explanation of like or the perfect sort of example of this whole like you know it's witchcraft it's magic it's it's myths and vampires Mm -hmm. and werewolves and uh, werewolves is a whole another one that you know there's stuff oh yeah conditions that yeah but like it's that sort of thing where it's like okay based on your knowledge set at the time which if your textbook at the time is a whole bunch of folklore on vampires like of course that's going to be the conclusion that you draw based on these things that you see um
3: it's like, um, it's like anytime, you know, there was a thunderstorm last night and I'm sitting mm. out there and I'm listening to it. And if I, I always like to think anytime that I'm like right in the middle of a thunderstorm and you hear mm. the thunder just like rattle every bone in your body in your house and you see the flash mm. and it takes up the entire sky, I totally get how like – a couple thousand mm-hmm. years ago, someone would see that, and their conclusion is that there is a god, and it is fucking angry, pissed off. Like, I can't blame yeah. anyone yeah. for feeling that because, like, that's what I feel in my soul. Yeah, and now absolutely. we know we we can explain what is happening, but mm. it doesn't stop that that feeling, you yeah. know, that feeling. Yeah. And, and like, in absence yeah. of being able to explain that, that that's what they would have. I'm like, yeah, there is something bigger than me is mad, and I, yeah. I totally yeah. understand how people got to made that conclusion at the time.
2: And like this is the other like I guess and is I think, kind of relevant at this point is that like a lot of today's science or like you know especially in some fields more than others but like you know psychology for example or those sorts of ones is is we are interpreting a whole bunch of things that we've seen through a very white male Western lens. And we've drawn, Absolutely. and you know, we're now running into a okay. bunch of bloody problems with that in the entire medical field, actually, where we're suddenly realizing yeah. that maybe we shouldn't have just done all of our experiments on wealthy white males yeah. and decided so like, that what we observe yeah. applies to everything. But it, it's the same sort of thing where it's like, you know, we take our modern day science and our modern day medicine and sit here on our high horse and be like, of course we don't believe in vampires. Ha 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 ha. But like, Just you wait. Give us a couple hundred years and people will be laughing at us.
0: Um, (laughs) Oh, absolutely. There's definitely a lot of aspects to our modern medical and academic system that is incredibly regressive and conservative and closed off.
3: There there are many parts of it that I I look at now and I, I wonder in like 50 years, 30 years, whatever, like we'll culturally look back on and be like, I can't believe we were doing that. That like, Mm. we might still be so in it right now that we don't even realize.
2: Oh uh, yeah. There's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot that I look back at, I think in my research career with live animals that I look back (laughs) at. But you know, yeah, we are where we are. Uh, and to the best of our knowledge so far, uh, vampires aren't real. Um, necrotic yeah. toes are. And I think that's a great <laughs> way to very real. tie up our fucking spooky Halloween episode. Happy Halloween, everyone. This has been a disgustingly Happy joyous everyone. ride.
3: We're Christmas. It's my favorite time of <laughs> yes, the year. Yes, get spooky. Get do some weird stuff. Carve some pumpkins. Go outside and you be hard. your true spooky self.
2: Yes, we fucking love that. And, you know, thank you again. Like- so much for coming on and just having so many words. I'm going to definitely bug you for oh, more words welcome. later. Um, yeah,
3: I, I'd, be, I'd love to do it again.
2: And, like, you know what? We, I said I'd do it, so we're going to do it. If you know, if people want to find more of you and, like, you know, in the spirit of it, embracing all of your strengths and finding your niche and <laughs> how to tie things together, where can people find you? How can people find you? Plug your pluggables. Let us know. So
3: I – I don't have that many pluggables right now. I'm definitely interested in in, in leaning mm. more into a uh, uh like science communication role. However, I do check also this make podcast music, next time um, you're on. <laughs> that I've been working on. I uh yeah. I make music under the under the the name Ghost Doll. Um you can find me on SoundCloud. Mm, I'll At link the moment it in the description. I'm more just posting want. like the the works in progress, but I'm working on an EP that I'll be releasing mm-hmm. soon. So um, yeah, yeah, if you're uh, if you want to hear some kind of spooky trip hop Mm. type vibes, yeah, it's it's very the um, vibe of this episode actually. I'm more than happy to (laughs) accommodate.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, fuck yeah. Um, And you know, as usual, if if you if you guys are out there listening to this podcast and you don't already follow us on social media, what's wrong with you? Um, But also, you can do so. (laughs) Um, Our handle is at Curiosity Rat. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Curiosity Killed the Rat. If you just like search it on Facebook, we've got a Facebook page as well. We have a Patreon. If you guys find yourself, you know, with some spare cash that you want to throw at us because you appreciate all the hard work that goes into making this show happen, like, that would be flippin' awesome. But as we have, like, hounded on so many times in this episode, we are so passionate about making this knowledge and science and everything accessible and as accessible as possible. So, like, if you don't have money, fam, we're not asking Mm -hmm. you for money. Just making that clear. But... Curiosity rat, find yeah. us if you if you want to if you can. Um, I don't know, Matt. Do you want to you want to plug anything? Was there anything else we want to plug before we wrap this spooky <laughs> boy up?
0: Uh there's there's just
2: like a I mummy guess If we're if we're doing the we're
0: not. doing doing the music yeah, plugs again, on. I'll plug my SoundCloud again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Muckstep on SoundCloud, M U C K S T E P, we'll or on YouTube, the, the Muckstep's scruffy. mashups for the stuff that was a little bit too meme malicious for SoundCloud <laughs> and their copyright algorithms didn't like it. <sighs> Um, I don't know I might do a rebrand of it soon. I don't know after the last episode where I plugged it, I decided to make public a whole yeah. bunch of uh, works nice. and progresses and drafts and sound bites and things I did while I was mm-hmm. at uni so I don't know if you're interested in any of that a lot of it is very kind of soundscapey and sound designy but and a lot of it's just shit post mashup meme shit. It's a good time if that's your I've vibe go and check it out.
2: So yeah, I mean, I guess and if you want to find more of my psychom stuff at Kate Huckstep on Instagram or Twitter, um, we'll get you that. It, all the links will be in the description. But with that, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap us up. And uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for joining. Yo. Thanks for the chats. Thanks for the hangs. Happy Halloween, y'all! Thanks
0: for having me. Thanks for being here.
2: Happy Halloween.
0: Kill- Kill- to the
1: Rats.